Mmm, that's good. All right, guys, welcome to a new episode of Midweek Marketing. Yes, it's a kind of a new and improved version of my morning marketing, but more, you know, in the middle of the week instead of just the morning because none of us are morning person, people, persons, whatever you want to be called. I'm not either. So let's, you know, let's get on with it. I'm your host, Brett Deister, as always, but let's get on with what's going on in the marketing news. So, you know, the whole Facebook debacle thing. Yeah, it just keeps on getting worse and worse and worse for them. But I mean, more specifically is that um, some, well, not just some, just one uh, company was kind of, uh, kind of uh, caught doing something it shouldn't have been doing. And it kind of got a lot of users data. It sparked a whole controversy type of thing involved with that as well. Um, but now we have uh, even more worse news for Facebook. So Facebook is now uh, kind of caught with a vulnerability with their custom audiences. So they basically removed it. But what it did was it allowed uh, somebody, users or advertisers or people that just don't really care about keeping people's data private uh, kind of gave them a way of, you know, finding email addresses through it, through a vulnerability. And so the fix was to remove it completely until they, Facebook can figure out what's going on with that. So, you know what? It's been a tough year for Facebook. I'm not going to lie. I think they kind of deserve it in a lot of ways, but more importantly is that uh, a lot of their data has been off. And so this just kind of adds to their off or vulnerabilities to their data in general. So you have that as well. Uh, should marketers still be on it? Well, that's really for them to actually decide. Personally, am I on it? Not very much anymore. I don't post as much as I used to when I was younger, but uh, it's still one of the most popular social media platforms out there. So I understand why marketers aren't willing to just jump ship just because of one thing that's happened. But that also brings up kind of an ethical quandary in general about that. So it is what it is, but you might not, you won't be able to see the potential reach for audiences anymore because they're not going to show it because of the vulnerability that was found out, which I think is great. It was found out. It's just unfortunate that, well, there was a vulnerability. It just kind of adds to the mess that Facebook is already in. <laughs> just funny, which really does get me into the next thing about will marketers leave or advertisers leave Facebook after the scandal? And the short answer is no, they won't. Uh, basically, what's happening is they're using kind of political leverage for this. It's like, oh, hey, you did something wrong. Well, we're going to pull our ass. Facebook's like, no, wait, we want you back. So we'll try to figure out what to do to, you know, keep you from leaving. The problem is that a lot of marketers feel like Facebook ads are very successful. So they're not willing to pull the plug on that in general. They're just kind of giving lip service to terrible this is terrible all right we're we're gonna leave well we're gonna do this and this all right we're not gonna leave but we'll listen to what you have to say that's kind of how it is now regulators aren't really happy about it and the ftc which you never want the ftc if you don't know what the ftc is it's the federal trade uh 
commission, which basically will go in if you're doing something illegal or something against their guidelines. And they will be like, okay, we're going to look into this. We could prosecute you as well. So they do have teeth for it. It's kind of like the teeth of the federal, uh, the FCC or the federal uh, communication side of it as well. Uh, so there is that. It's it's bad in a PR way or a marketing way for Facebook. It's bad. Anything else, it's actually not that bad for Facebook in, in general. They probably won't be losing anybody. It, this happened to YouTube in, uh, in March of 2017, so last year, uh, basically. And Google was like, all right, we've had problems. We're gonna What we're going to try to do is we're trying to get a, uh, have tougher policies. We're going to have better tools, all this stuff. And basically they had a pretty good year after that. So not really, it's not really a big surprise because advertisers, marketers like us are looking for, you know, trying to get the bottom line so much better for our clients or for the places we work at. So we aren't willing to actually leave these, uh, willingly unless there is a few reasons why we'll actually leave this one is just uh user exodus now there was a hashtag going on last week about delete facebook hashtag delete facebook uh that saw elon musk uh, basically drop uh tesla's facebook uh page and spacex facebook page so it was gone uh completely gone and so there's that or if the performance just is awful the regulations that are put in place makes the performance even worse then that actually could marketers could be like well we don't really like facebook anymore so we're gonna leave this and so that's really primarily the reasons why markers won't be on there anymore kind of like for example when myspace was popular and then facebook kind of overtook it mass exodus of users over from myspace to facebook advertisers kind of followed along as well so that really is the only reasons why uh marketers or advertisers would actually leave now this actually does leave a political or not political but an ethical quandary uh, because when is it when where where's the line where's the line for us do we actually have a line anymore or do we only care about the bottom line so much so that it doesn't matter about the controversy we will still buy the stuff that these services provide because all we care about is the bottom line. We don't care about anything else. We don't care about how terrible uh, the exploit was and how much uh, Cambridge actually took uh, data from people. We just don't care. We are looking for the bottom line. We are looking for what is the cheapest way to advertise and you know, kind of increase sales. That's all we care about. We don't care about anything else. If it's so egregious, then maybe we actually might care. But usually, nine times out of ten, we we don't. We'll just go, oh, well, that was a bad controversy. Yeah, well, it'll blow over eventually. And Facebook will not lose any money off of this whatsoever. So controversies, I guess, be damned. Um, this will not hurt Facebook. I don't foresee this actually hurting Facebook at all, uh, especially since they have Instagram as well. And that keeps on rising this really won't hurt Facebook in the long run. It's probably more of like a take it on the chin type of thing. And like, ow, oh, that hurt, but it doesn't really hurt as much, which 
I don't know how I feel about this because I get why marketers want to stay on there because of just the cost effectiveness for the most part. It's not actually that cheap anymore, but just the effectiveness of the ads can be if you know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, then it's actually completely just not effective at all. You just don't advertise at all. But there has to be a line where we say we we don't cross and I don't know if there actually is that line or if that line is way far down, way down. But we need to find that line. And that's that's what I'm thinking. Need to find that. It's be, because if they're still sticking with it, even when a company took a bunch of data that it willingly didn't uh, tell people, there's a problem there, even though... Uh, Mr. Zuckerberg is going to be in front of Congress and to be grilled about this. It's all fair game about that. But yeah, it doesn't look like it's actually going to go anywhere. Well, it, people will still, people will be weary about their uh, privacy if they aren't now. And most people weren't really aware of just how much data uh, Facebook actually has on you or even Amazon or even Google. But now they will be aware, which Makes us have actually have to be aware that they know. They all know now. What do we do? More ads. Fair enough. That's kind of how I think about it. Anyways, moving on to Google My Business. So Google My Business is now going to be offering offers through it. So if you don't really know, uh, there's an app for it, but it's also your business. So basically it populates on Google Maps and you can post photos, images. Oh, that's the same thing, but videos. That's what I was actually trying to say. Videos as well. Um, and now they're going to be doing offers. Now offers, you can put a picture, you can put a price when it starts, when it ends, the time, uh, how much it is as well, what the offer actually is. Uh, so there is that. Now it won't get as much reach as, let's say, an actual advertisement, but it also could actually in, help you in the Google search because actually utilizing and updating that Google My Business page does help quite a bit. Uh, so... Most businesses aren't really aware of it and it's free as well. So there's no actual like payment for this. It's just free. It just takes, I don't know, maybe like five, 10 minutes to actually start up. I always say do it because anything that helps your SEO, especially these small things, if you're a small business can actually help you in the long run, especially if you're updating it pretty regularly. I don't say every day, but every month, just kind of like had new photos, videos, if you have some as well. Things that kind of like rove around or keep on populating so people can actually see it as well. Reviews always help too. You can get reviews through those. Uh, there's kind of a somewhat easy process of doing that. You kind of have to go through, jump through a little bit of hoops, but it's not that bad. I've done it a couple times. Um, you just got to get kind of the right uh, kind of identification for your business. And then you can get the actual link, which sends them right to just writing a review which I always say when I'm thinking about customers um, or potential customers, the easiest you can do, the better. Or what's the laziest of laziest people would be able to do something like this. If you can make it just right to that and they just write it, that's the laziest of laziest that you can think of. Like I said, always think about the laziest person, not the least laziest person, but the laziest person. Because that one will make you find ways to make it easier for everybody in general. That's kind of how I look at it anyways. Also moving on to Google My Business, that they're also going to add, uh, allow you to add a business description about, you know, 
who you are, a brief description about your company, kind of add more things to so people can, you know, understand about what your company is, especially if you're kind of small and new uh, or just small in general. If you're a bigger company, uh, you might not have to do that, but it's good to always, you know, keep it, keep everything filled out, keep everything up to date as much as possible because that just helps in general. Like I said, every little thing helps your SEO and it's not a bad idea to actually do this and spend a little bit of time on it. You don't spend like two hours, but I would say like a good 15 minutes is probably probably conservative amount of time for actually doing this, but it's important to do this. It's important to update it. It's important to actually, you know, make sure it's filled out. Make sure you own that space and make sure you're monitoring it as well because people are writing reviews on it and you don't even know that people are writing reviews on it. That could hurt you, especially if it's a bad review and you do nothing about the bad review. Even worse, telling you, just do it. It'll take you, like I said, not very much, not a very long time. As long as you have all the materials that you needed, like right in one spot, then you can actually do it pretty quickly. It's a pretty painless process. I've done it before. I've set it up for people as well. It's not that difficult. Uh, so just do it. I know you're going to be like, oh, another thing to do. I know. I understand. It's one of those things where you just don't want to do it, but you have to do it. Just do it. Anyways, moving on to Google AdWords, uh, new keyword planner. That's right. They're adding a more revised version of it, more simplified version about it. Um, it'll kind of tell you your clicks, your impressions, costs, uh, CTR, and average CP, CPC, cost per click, uh, all those other fun stuff as well. Um, it'll also tell you kind of the cost for tablets, computers, mobile phones, because it's going to be more specific on mobile phones as well. Kind of showing you the cost for specific keywords, the clicks, and the impressions as well as you're going to get it. This is way more, I think, user-friendly, easier to understand than, um, than the previous one. Uh, it's kind of more up-to-date to their uh, Google uh, kind of like uh, newest design features as well. It just kind of adds to the whole what Google AdWords actually redesigned it for as well. So you should look at it. If you can, it's rolled out, it's rebuilt. It looks really nice. Uh, always use it, especially if you're trying to figure out keywords for your campaigns or for your new business. It just helps a lot to actually use that because it'll actually go, oh, you should probably use this. I'm like, oh, I never thought about that before. So it does help, even though you should have your own keywords. Uh, it's never a bad idea to actually use this planner tool as well uh, for it. So yeah, if you haven't noticed it yet, it'll probably be rolling out soon. Like I said, these rollouts take a while, so don't expect it to be automatic. I never expected these to be automatic because they never are, but it's good to actually see some more um, visually enticing ways that Google's kind of updating their old legacy products as well, especially with the devices and how much uh, clicks and impressions are going to be and which ones are going to be more popular on mobile than let's say computer. Uh, it does help quite a bit for that too. Moving on to Instagram. So Instagram is finally opening up its shopping tags to more businesses. Yay. So if you don't know what shopping tags are, it's basically when you see kind of like a product image on Instagram, you can now actually click on it. It will tell you how much it's going to be and then you can actually buy it through there as well. It will help businesses quite a bit with this as well. Um, now it used to be kind of like specific to Spotify merchants and fashion businesses as well. Now they're making it available to Australia, Brazil, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, and the UK. 
It was only available for U.S. Uh, last year, and they've been very slow to actually do this. Now, there are other tools that allow you to do this already, so you don't have to use this, but it's kind of it's kind of great that it's kind of built into Instagram. Now, if you actually want this, there are some hoops to jump through. You have to make sure you're a business page. You have to make sure that you're connected to your Facebook, and you have to be part of Shop, Shopify or one of the other uh, e-commerce sites. Unfortunately, WooCommerce is not on there, which is still a little weird, especially since WooCommerce is one of the uh, go-to um, e-commerce for WordPress in general. But unfortunately, you're not able to do that, so you're going to have to wait a little bit for that, which is unfortunate um, because Shopify is not cheap. It's nice. to user-friendly. I've used it before. It's great. I love it. I even had stock on it before. Just giving you the full, you know, disclosure. I don't have stock in it anymore, so you can still call me more unbiased. <laughs> but anyways, um, it's not that hard to actually do it. It's just I kind of wish it would be more open to more people, more people and platforms, so I could actually, you know, utilize it. But unfortunately, I can't. Now, the reason that people are thinking that the re they're opening up even more is because Pinterest decided to open up even more. To their shop the look type of thing it's kind of the same thing that instagram's doing just on their platform and they open it up to france germany japan and the uk so the reasons why they're doing this is probably because of pinterest is doing it and even though kind of pinterest has pivoted from a social network visual site to more of a visual search site it's still growing it's still very it's still popular enough it's not as popular as Instagram is, but still popular enough. It's also newer than Instagram, so that there is key differences to it as well. Um, but I would say if you are using, like, I think, BigCommerce or Shopify, and you have all the other ticks filled out, I would actually utilize this because this could actually help you maybe get some sales through Instagram instead of them. Instead of saying, hey, click on the bio in the profile, it'll be... Oh, look, I can buy this right now. Oh, this is a pretty good deal. So I would look into that as quickly as possible. If you can, um, it's gonna, I mean, you're gonna have to fill some things out. So it's not gonna be as easy to go my business, but still help you quite a bit. And that's always a good thing. Now I found some new stats on Instagram and usage trends and how brands can use hashtags, tags, all this other stuff. So a company mentioned, which is kind of like, it's a company that kind of like monitors who mentions you. I've used it before. Um, it's very limiting on the free tool, but it kind of gives you some user insight on it. But here's the interesting thing. So they basically monitored um, kind of over 115 million Instagram posts. So that's quite a bit of posts. Uh, for this study, which I kind of trust a little bit more. So the data said that, interesting enough, the least or no hashtags get the most engagement and the more hashtags get the least engagement. So this is contrary to the 2016, um, says that about 11 tags is the optimal number to boost Instagram posts as well. Now it says that the more popular posts you really shouldn't be doing, you should be probably doing more niche posts because too many, because the popular hashtags uh, you may just get completely, well, overlooked. Uh, but it seems to be the trend more and more is the least hashtags you can do, 
the better you are at it. And the not the not as popular hashtags, the better as well. Now you can populate some of it, but make sure it's it's relevant to what you are doing. That's the thing. Uh, so don't try to do something that's don't try to do all the popular hashtags because then you'll probably get a lot more spam bobs anyways. But yeah, the least hashtags you can do, the better. Usually. I mean, you never really know about that, but like I said, it's never a bad idea to do some of the extremely popular ones, but I wouldn't focus on all the popular ones. I'd focus on the niche ones within whatever category you're in and make sure it is relevant to what you're doing as well. Now for engagement, it said that tags, um, oh, first, so excuse me, it said for engagement that video is becoming more and more popular. Uh, which isn't the biggest surprise to me because video is becoming more and more popular with everything in general. So if you can get those video assets done or get those video assets in, that would be great. I would try to do more video slowly. Obviously, video takes a lot more time. If it's like good high quality, it's going to take a little bit more time than actual picture quality because pictures, it's a one image you're looking at and you could do that relatively in less time than you can do for video. Yeah, look at video a lot more heavily because that's what it is. Also, tagging, no surprise here, is that it gets better engagement when you tag people into it. So if you can, now I'm going to say this, don't use this like liberally. Use this conservative in a conservative way. Always ask the person if you can tag them in there. Just don't use it kind of like, oh, yes, you get a tag and you get a tag because that will just make people more upset. But use use a tag sparingly and never, ever, ever use it without. I always say ask before you do it because it's a lot easier to ask. And what's the worst you can say is no, so you move on. But always ask. Always, always ask. That's one of my things that I prefer is that you, if you ask. If you're not asking, you're going to be in big trouble, especially if you're a brand because brands usually make people more upset than just regular users, but even users can piss off each other with doing that. So always, always ask. All right, moving on to Snapchat. All right, so Snapchat has added some interesting new things to the Snap Maps. So the Snap Maps are basically uh, kind of like a big map on, then people can see where it's popular through Snapchat, through the world. Um, and so more in these features are kind of highlighting what's like, popular in your local area because before it kind of was like i don't really know what's really popular here i really don't know how to use this so they're trying to actually make it more user friendly in general so now you can see that depending on your privacy because um, you can be ghosting on the map and not really have kind of your privacy is kind of locked down as well but it should be interesting to see how this is going now there's a kind of an embeddable way of like if you're going to a basketball game you can have that as well um, so these, um, kind of snaps in the maps are supposed to exist for 30 days, but people have said they've been there for longer. Uh, so I would, you know, test it out if you want to, if you're that type of person that uses Snapchat, if you're not, it's totally cool. But for marketers, more importantly, there is uh, new ways of using ads to the maps and you can do kind of local categories and radius, uh, targeting as well as so you can do a radius of like 10, five to 10 miles, especially if you're a restaurant, or you can use specific categories like universities, um, gaming, or any one of the, any, 
any one of, of those things if kind of your target audience is there. Now, I kind of like this because this actually has um, kind of better, to me, a better reach for it, especially if you're trying to get people in specific areas like airports, gyms, uh, healthy foods as well. Uh, this could help you quite a bit. Uh, I like this. I like where kind of the ad targeting is coming from from Snapchat, and they're kind of going to be uh, allowing you to see kind of the analytics of it from the foot traffic insights as well. Uh, so this is very interesting. I've always said that Snapchat is more the future of social media than we actually think, even though it hasn't really been doing well in the stock market because it's a publicly traded company. It has been doing better recently, but that's because of kind of the user engagement it's trying to bring back. And that's the one thing it's trying to do. It's trying to bring back the user engagement. And that's why it opened up kind of like people creating their own uh, face filters or filters, um, AR filters in general. So that's why uh, it's kind of doing it. Um, and I kind of like this. I kind of like these new ads. Now, people might be uh, kind of raising their eyebrows because of all of the controversy with Facebook. We'll see. Uh, I think Snapchat still is a little bit more protected privacy-wise, but that doesn't mean that it's, it's bulletproof. So if you if your audience is there, this is something that you actually need to look at. I'm actually kind of excited for this and seeing where this is actually going to be going. Um, Snapchat has come a long way from its beginnings and kind of just you know shotgun blasting. It's going to be a little bit more specific, especially if it can help you in those categories as well. So find the categories that if it's in there that you want and advertise through there, especially if you're in that 18 to 25, 30 range uh, or even like 15. If you're in the more younger range, this is a good platform to be on, especially Instagram. But even this is still a great platform to be on. Don't don't negate this platform at all. It's it's one of the better ones, especially if you're looking for younger people. Uh, you don't want to miss out on this. So I know a lot of people are hesitant on it. I know a lot of people just don't like Snapchat because why would you want to take selfies of yourself all the time? But you can do other things as well on it. I get it. I kind of sort of use mine, barely use mine. I just kind of opened it up just to try to figure it out. Uh, and I'm more on the fence of I don't mind the redesign, but a lot of people do. A lot of the users do not like the redesign. So be aware of that, but it's still a very popular site to be on. Do not do, do not forget it. Uh, I know you, law markers on a lot of different sites and they don't really want to have an extra one to do content on it. But like I said, if your demo is on there, if your audience you know is on there, it's not a bad idea to be on there as well. Don't negate it. All right, and that is the end of midweek marketing. Guys, I hope you guys enjoy it. And as always, join me on Monday for a new episode of Gamers Cafe. That's right, we'll be talking about video games, all the other fun stuff. Anyways, be sure to follow Digital Coffee on Twitter, Digital C-O-F-F-E. Same thing for Facebook, same thing for Instagram. I'm also on Twitch, Minds. I'm on Gab.ai as well. Also, if you like this podcast, please consider supporting me on Patreon, our maker support. And if you like this podcast, please consider, you know, subscribing. Hitting that subscribe, give a review. Good or bad, doesn't really matter to me. I'll respond. If it's bad, 
Marvin's a good. I'll still say thank you because it's always it's always good to be, you know, it's good to be nice to people. Also, um, please consider buying a t-shirt or coffee mug in the digital pod, digital coffee podcast store. Anyways, hope to see you guys on Monday. Have a good week. Later. <laughs>